following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode, Andrew and I discuss another USFL superstar and the late, great Sam Mills. Mills spent 15 years on the gridiron, enters the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2022, and today we pay tribute to him. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. All right, Andrew, welcome, my man. NFL history, it is about to go down. We're going to talk about one of your all-time favorites uh, in the great Sam Mills. Uh, you got to be pretty excited. You've been, you've, been, you've been talking up Sam Mills for a very, very long time, in a good way, of course. But uh, there's got to be some, some really good feeling. You always want to talk about a certain player, and then you finally get that opportunity to do it, and it just, it just feels great. Yeah, we did a little bit on Sam Mills, but not that much when right. we did when we did Dome Patrol. So, yes. but this was like all of Sam Mills. And everybody, when you talk about middle linebackers through like the mid '80s to the early '90s, you always hear Singletary, and then later on, you kind of hear Ray Lewis, Brian Erlacher, and you hear all these other guys. But I feel Sam Mills always gets kind of just lost in all that mix i mean he was only five foot nine not a very tall guy and when you watch your middle linebacker six foot four 235 pounds he's five nine 232 so he kind of gets lost in the shuffle in that way as well and plus two the nickname field mouse for him wasn't probably the best for a middle linebacker but he was, he was an amazing player. I loved watching him growing, growing up. And you just knew, you, you just knew he was going to make a play somewhere in every single game. Yeah, it, it, definitely a strong on-field presence. I feel like every time I open up a pack of cards from the 1990s, the mid 1990s, I get a Sam Mills card. That's, that's where like my first, like, gathering of him kind of was i'm like man i have so many sam mills cards and uh it's kind of funny it, it is a little funny but um but yeah i mean you've talked him up i've watched his stuff uh next week our play of the day you know stuff goes back to defense so we're gonna have to probably do a sam mills play and find something big uh to put on our facebook page but yeah this is a really cool opportunity to do this um you know, there's there's going to be a lot of USFL guys that we don't get to talk about. You know what I mean? And I'm really glad that we're taking the opportunity today to to, to put the, to put the spotlight on Sam Mills. Yeah, because I think he's the guy that one of those guys that benefited the most from it. If it wasn't for the USFL, I don't think we have Sam Mills in the NFL. Right. And we can get more into that. 
it's, it's Sam Mills. He was uh, born June 3rd, 1959 in Neptune City, New Jersey. And in high school, he was a wrestler. He was a standout football player. But once again, nobody, no colleges wanted him, even though he was a standout NFL player. Because once again, he's five foot nine. Yeah, not the optimal, not the optimal height for an NFL player. They like their guys big, their talent tall. Uh, I think that's now that you know we talk about this. This is the one of the better aspects of some of these extra leagues, like USFL, like CFL, is that they show that the little guys, the, the smaller guys, can get it done. Right? I mean, would you would you agree? And Doug Flutie in the CFL, guys like this in, in the USFL, uh, you know, guys like Sam Mills. So, I think it's pretty neat. Uh, he intended, he attended Montclair State University. He was a walk-on. By the time he was done there, he had 501 tackles. And he was a three-time NJAC first-team all-star and was named New Jersey Collegiate Writers Defensive Player of the Year three straight seasons from 78 to 1980. So that's that's pretty dominant. Yeah, I dare so say. I dare say so. Uh, kind of the five foot nine thing. He went undrafted, was picked up by the Cleveland Browns, and was released, even though he did lead the team in tackles during the preseason. They kind of gave him. They gave him the boot there, and a little, also. This is kind of new to me, the concussions in the preseason, but I don't think the NFL really did anything with concussions back then. So no. <laughs> so he kind of, he's like, okay, well, let me go up north. He goes up north to sign with the Toronto Argonauts. They release him. And that's where he goes off and he goes back to New Jersey. He becomes a high school photography and wood shop teacher. So that's what he's doing. Not really doing anything. And his wife's saying, you know, it wasn't like he got down on himself at this point of where, you know, oh man, I'm never going to make it. It's, it's always what, what could be my next opportunity? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? So this newfangled league comes into play. That's going to play some spring ball with in the for the nfl with the usfl and brown's head coach at the time sam ritigliano talks to carl peterson who is going to become the new general manager of the philadelphia stars of the usfl and he calls him and he says i got this guy sam mills he he's a great player and i think the only reason why we keep on cutting him is because he's too short right and he said, make me this promise. You will not cut him until you see him hit. And this is where also Jim Mora comes into play. You know, Jim Mora, come, he's the head coach of the Philadelphia Stars. He sees him and he's like, man, what, what is this guy doing? What is this, you know, this tiny little guy? I can't have a middle linebacker or a linebacker at five foot nine. You can't have this. That's not going to work. But 
it did work because Morris saw him hit and he said, okay, I like this guy. <laughs> now we're in business. <laughs> yeah. This is a interesting time period too, because I mean, I know he came at, you know, came about late eighties, early nineties, but guys that are Sam Mills size, he's like a, the, for the way that the NFL landscape is now with, with size and all that stuff. Uh, Sam Mills was a little ahead of his time. Uh, you know, with that, I, I know some guys sit around six foot and stuff, but they love those speedy defensive players. I mean, I know cornerback more so they like them a little lighter perhaps, but they love, they love little, you know, smaller, slender, speedy guys. You know, that's, we've talked about how, you know, offense changes defense, defense changes offense. Um, Sam Mills played in a very big guy era, very large guy era, but he would fit perfectly in today's national football league. Oh yeah. Especially with the way that they just try and disguise things and you can move him around and do so much more than he was way ahead of his time. Just 100% of just being able to do all the things that he did. And if you watch the highlights, you understand what he could bring to your defense, just even though he has that short stature. So his time in the USFL was probably the greatest thing that could have ever happened to him because in those three years, he had 592 tackles, three INTs. He made the all USFL team all three years that he was playing, that the USFL was open, and the Philadelphia slash Baltimore Stars uh, are two-time USFL champions. So he really helped make that team become the best team in the USFL. Right. So after all of all is gone, USFL, you know, falls out. Jamore ends up getting getting a job with the New Orleans Saints, and he invites Sam Mills there. And a lot of people, once again, not really quite sure why this five nine middle linebacker is in the NFL. Why are you even here? But like we mentioned before, and we've covered before. He formed probably the greatest linebacking core ever in the Dome Patrol. And the other thing, too, about him moving, going to the Saints is he was so worried about getting cut once again that his family stayed in New Jersey, and he ended up living in New Orleans that first season. Wow. That's a lot of time to be by yourself. (laughs) But, I mean – I respect the foresight in a sense. I mean, not that it actually came to fruition, but, um, but yeah, so 80 and he lasted most of his career was in new Orleans. So that's pretty cool. Orleans was pretty much losers. I don't think they had a winning season until the dome patrol came in and they're the only linebackers to only linebacking core to all be, voted to the pro bowl. And that was in 1992. Right. But they did not have a losing season while he was there. Not one losing season. The only thing was no playoff wins. Yeah. Didn't they get right. They, I think they won the, it would have been NFC. No, they were NFC West, right? Yep. 
NFC West. They won it, and then I think Atlanta bounced them out in 92. 91 or 92, the year that Favre was there, I think. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And then then I know Atlanta ended up losing to Washington like the following week. They got crapped on. But <laughs> but he they they brought success there and and everything else. But like again, no offense. Just no offense to go along with that defense, just like we hear kind of the same story with some offensive players, no defense to go with them. So he becomes a he becomes a free agent. And, you know, he's, he's getting offers, getting offers, and he signs with the Carolina Panthers and the, and the pretty much 1995. And a lot of people found that kind of head scratching that all the other members have gone on to pretty decent teams. Ricky Jackson went on to the 49ers, ended up winning a Super Bowl. Vaughn Johnson, I think he was with, the Eagles at this point, maybe the Eagles or the Lions. Pat Swilling's moving around and he chose this expansion team. But he thought he could, you know, give this team some leadership. Did saw a new opportunity there as well. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pat Swilling or Derek Burgess? Oh, here we go. <laughs> they both wear 56, and if it wasn't for I that <laughs> uniform in the background. I would have never have known. I would have never. Have known. <laughs> I had to zoom into the Cardinals. It was all the Cardinals uniform. <laughs> I had to do that. I, I love busting your balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, he's the, he goes in there and he's with an expansion team and he ends up, you know, making, finally gets a playoff win against the defending champion Cowboys makes it to the 1996 NFC championship game, but they fall to the green Bay Packers. And that's pretty much the end of his playing career there. And when he was getting out, he was, uh, you know, he was talking, teammates were talking to him. They said, what are you going to do? And he's like, I don't think I'm going to do, you know, insurance and they're like sam you would make a really good coach because a lot of people say he's very intelligent he's that field general type guy knows yeah. how to make plays it's a character thing it sounds like it's a character thing for um for for him that makes it like a, a no-brainer at that point in his career it's a character thing it's a leadership it's a it's a football smarts you know we literally Again, the first few years of his career, nobody thought he was going to make it, and he did. He found a way. It's resiliency. So um, he's a part, part of one of the greatest defenses of all time. Excuse me. So that's a easy, easy, easy natural transition for him. So he did, yeah, he didn't end up coaching. And then uh, he, he caught on with the Carolina Panthers, the defensive assistant, linebacker coach. And then in August of 2003, uh, he was diagnosed with intestinal cancer. So that's, and uh, throughout all of his treatments, he kept on coaching, coached in the Super Bowl, going through treatments and, um, postseason when they were playing the the cowboys that's when probably this is where the panthers get their motto from 
is he talked to the team, gave them a speech and talked about his cancer. And he said, you know, I could quit or I could keep pounding. And that is where the keep pounding slogan came from for the Carolina Panthers Hmm. because it's all because of Sam Mills and, you know, just saying, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to do this. And players were saying Julius Pepp, guys like Julius Peppers, Steve Smith said that he was very, very inspirational at that point, especially Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers says the guy's got cancer. He's out there running stairs before I could even get out there. And he never showed like he was weak or anything like that. He just stayed strong through everything. Right. So, Yeah ferocious i mean good that's the that's the makings of a perfect coach and and certainly in my opinion um yeah i mean a really good playing career uh you know i'll bite no no you know nfl championships or anything you know a big obviously a big part of establishing carolina i had no idea about the keep pounding uh deal coming up with the slogan that's i always wonder where that came from and that's a really cool thing that i don't think a lot of people know um, that's as cool as coming up with the terrible towels, right? And, and I, yeah. would, I would dare so say, and yeah, he was on the inaugural team. So good on him. Good on him for, for being a part of that and, uh, you know, making Carolina Panthers football relevant. Now I'm gonna have to go play like Madden 97 so I can go, I can go play or no, no would he yeah, be he on would. there? Yeah, he would. Cause that would be, be the yeah, 97 and 96 season. So, okay. So that would work. I yeah. have to go. I'm gonna have to go play it now. Um, they will do a stream if I get my uh, if I get my new processor chip and get everything at, and get everything going with that. So he also uh, he also has a statue outside of the Panther Stadium that was erected for him when he retired. Oh, that's cool. I've driven past that stadium multiple times, but I've never stopped it. I've only seen it through the th- uh, throughway. We used to driving down to Disney all the time. We used to drive by it and we used to see it from the throughway, and it was so so beautiful. Yeah, the big Carolina Panthers logo on it, the, the big head, but I would have loved to stop and I would have loved to stop and, you know, get that, but got to get down to Mickey land, you know, I would, I feel more obligated to stop now if I ever go out that way, just so just to go see the Sam Mills statue. Cause that's uh, like I said, he was one of the, those, I know a lot of people talk about it, you know, the I'm getting up there in age, the, the old heads talking about players back in the day. And the Sam Mills is just one of those guys for me. You know, I look at a guy like London Fletcher where I'm like, yeah, London Fletcher is good, but let me tell you about Sam Mills. Let me show you some <laughs> Sam Mills stuff. You know, the, he was, he was that cool little guy that didn't show his size. I mean, we could have used them for, little people, big football world, but I think he exemplifies what we need to look for in these alternative leagues and not put them down or anything like that. Because the next Sam Mills is right there. Guy that got cut, got cut, got cut, you know, got an opportunity, show what he could do, excelled at the highest level in one of those alternative leagues and then went on to become an NFL hall of famer is you can't just count those guys out. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it, I like the the point you did make. It, it, it's it's a better thing, you know, to represent the the other, the uh, you know, these other leagues because people. I mean, we're, we're seeing it now. Um, people are so quick to discredit to discredit these these new leagues because the talent, whatever the talent's not there, the talent's not there, and I, I get it. There's there's a lack of star power, and um, it, you know, right out of the gate, but you never know what you're gonna see. You, you never know what you're going to see, who you're going to see, who's going to come out like like USFL starts this weekend. And I've, I've I'm elated to see what, you know, as far as superstars, you know, future superstars, whatnot, the potential. So. um, So, yeah, it, it is a good lesson. It is a good lesson to just give these leagues a chance just because the high paid 50 million dollar quarterbacks and, and, and all that. um don't play for these leagues doesn't mean that there's not talented individuals there and you know future maybe there are future people who are going to make that kind of money so about that hunger yeah that's all right. about that keep pounding keep pounding <laughs> oh man that's cool that's a cool story but um but all right that is it for our nfl history episode a nice little spotlight on the great the late great Sam Mills. Uh, next week is not our last episode of this because we have two more uh, USFL superstar spotlights. Um, I'm not a big fan of the guy personally, but uh, I thought about it. I don't think we could do a USFL month without spotlighting him. He's one of the best players to come out of of the the USFL and go to the NFL. And we're gonna do a Jim Kelly episode. Um, Personally, I think, you know, personal feelings aside, he, he is, he did put together a really, really great career in the USFL and the national football league. Um, but he's, I don't find him to be a very kind person, but we'll, we'll, I'll keep my personal feelings out of the way. He's not like, there's so many just bad stories about him, but, um, but we'll, my we'll, hat. When, what, it's on my hat. My dad had this Bills cow like in the shape of Cowboys hat. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm calling him out right now. It's shape of a Bill Cowboys hat, okay? And it was my late aunt's hat. And he she was a big Bills fan, and my dad was like, We gotta get this signed. So not to sell it, but in his head, it'd be easier for a kid to get the autograph than you know to weasel your way in there than for him to go and do it. So I had the hat and everything else, and it took forever to get this damn hat signed. So long, so many training camps, because he just would zoom by on his golf cart. But that's a different story. That That's personal feelings towards him. You know what? I, let's, share, let's share some personal stories for next week. Let's share some. I mean, there's a whole Reddit thread about how big of a piece of shit Jim Kelly is, but... Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't like to be that guy because again, this is it's supposed to be uh, not our personal feelings, you know. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we're gonna have to we got a spotlight him. He is one of the biggest stars come out of the USFL. Literally used them as a bargaining ship with the Bills, then took the USFL anyways. Anyway, so um, excuse me, but yeah. So next week, Jim Kelly is our spotlight USFL guy. Um, great job, Andrew, on our Sam Mills episode fantastic job really cool the keep pounding thing makes me happy to hear that um 
but that, that is it. Was, what's it? That it just wasn't some like marketing slogan. Or I anything. really thought it was just some kind of shitty marketing slogan, but now it actually has purpose and it's really cool. So, but that is it. Thank you so much. And on behalf of Andrew and I, till next time, the two point conversation is good. Yeah, spot. Look at the end.